This is a reminder you're listening to the delayed broadcast here on Faith FM. If you would like to listen to the live show live and participate in the quiz and the prizes and all the other fun things that happen on Faith FM Breakfast Show, then simply download the Faith FM app available on Apple or Android platforms. Moving on to our next clue for the quiz this morning. Oh, and with the uh, quiz before about pilot, we had Tim from Newcastle who answered correctly uh, with that one. So congratulations to Tim. Now for today, for the next quiz, we're moving on to the next clue. I came into existence on the fifth day of creation. I came into existence on the fifth uh, day Yes, this of was the critical the cri- crit quiz, this one. Yeah, what kind of animal? Indeed. So... Give us a call at 1-800-324-843 if you know the answer or send us a text at 0491-064-664 and we'll send you a copy of The Ghetto Preacher's uh, little biography as well for given. Okay, I think I'm going to suffer from severe anxiety. How come? Guess. Uh, Because everything's happening in the world and we don't know why. No. No. It's because we're coming to the end of the book of Daniel. Oh, it's just like see, the world is ending. How can we? How can we coming to the book of the end of the book of Daniel? I don't mind if we have, uh, you know, Corona lockdown, all the rest. As long as we can keep studying the book of Daniel, <laughs> we got one week left. Is not fair. I've had so I'm, much fun. I I've think totally... with the book of Daniel, we could keep revisiting it week after week, and would come up with something different oh, every absolutely. time. Absolutely, no question. I've just been enjoyed geeking out for a whole uh, quarter of the year um, on history and. Um, everything else in the book of Daniel, which has been amazing. But anyway, we are in our last week. We are in our last chapter. This is Daniel chapter 12, and we are going to start in Daniel chapter 12 and verse 1. We have some exciting uh, uh, issues to get into here. We're going to revisit an issue that we, we visited a little while ago, and we're going to summarize it. But before we get there... Um, Let's maybe do a little bit of a review of the verses that lead up to this. So the, the the passage this is this is a continuation of chapter eleven. So the final prophecy of the book of Daniel covers all of chapter ten, all of chapter eleven, all of chapter twelve. Yeah. In fact, if you wanted to, you could make that all just one chapter. You know, for the sake of ease, um, that Roman Catholic monk somewhere in a monastery, whenever it was, I think like in the eleventh century, who divided the Bible up into chapters and verses. For the sake of ease, he divided it into three, but it doesn't need to be divided into three. It's one continuous... And so we're just continuing on from last week. Yeah. And last week, of course, we were talking about the King of the North, the King of the South. Uh, We were talking about an end-time conflict between uh, religion on one hand and atheism on the other. And as the Bible indicates here, religion, but sadly false religion, is what wins out. It's not hard to understand that when you look at the world and you notice that you know atheism is a is like, what, 12% of the population of the entire planet? You know, it's a very, very, very small yeah. um, population of the A lot of people of do believe in something. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And so you have religion winning this conflict. And, of course, then you have um, all of the, you know, the, the, the tribulation, the trials that lead up to the persecution that leads up to the very end of time. And when you come down to verse 12... The Bible just sort of comes out swinging almost with like one of the most confronting verses you'll ever come across. Yeah. 
So not verse 12, chapter 12 and verse 1. So Daniel chapter 12 and verse 1 is where we start today. Liam, can you kick us off, please? Indeed. Daniel chapter 12, verse 1 from the New Living Translation says, At that time, Michael the archangel, who stands guard over your nation, will arise. Then there will be a time of anguish greater than any since nations first came into existence. But at that time, every one of your people whose name is written in the book will be rescued. Thank you. There's some great symbolism in this uh, passage here. There's some great literalism as well. Let's begin by talking about the identity of Michael. Now, we spoke about this a fortnight ago. Yep. Maybe a little bit less than a fortnight ago. And we went through seven lines of evidence Uh that demonstrated that Michael the Archangel is, wait for it because it's going to be controversial if you missed it a couple of weeks ago, is Jesus Christ. Yeah. At which I can almost hear a collective gasp (gasps) coming from all of our listeners. We can't actually hear you, but... Um, I feel like I can feel the collective gasp because like, you just said that Jesus was a created being. No, I didn't. No, I did not. Jesus is the ruler and the creator of the entire universe. Yeah. He is the self-existent God who has never had a beginning. That's who Jesus is. And so we need to be crystal clear on this this morning. I did not say that Jesus was a created being. I said that Jesus was a messenger. Yeah. Now, is there anyone out there who's going to disagree with me that Jesus is a messenger? All right. Our number this morning, because this is a controversial subject, is 1-800-324-843. Feel free to give us a call. That's 1-800-FAITH-FM. Or text us on 0491-064-669 with your questions or your comments on the subject of Michael. We are happy to discuss this with you in depth. All right, so what I'm going to do this morning is I'm going to spend a little bit of time. We're going to run through, we're going to summarize. We're not going to cover the whole Bible study again, but we're going to summarize the main points of our study from a fortnight ago about who Michael is. Yes. Point number one. So these are your seven lines of evidence. Point number one, angel, which comes from the Greek word angelos, means messenger. That's all. Yeah. It does not mean any more. It does not mean any less. It simply means messenger. You are a messenger. I am a messenger. We've just had- angel from heaven is a messenger. We've just had the postie rock up, so he's he's a a messenger. messenger. Yep. The uh, Australian angelos, otherwise known as Australia Post, has just been here. Um, these are all messengers. Yeah. And so it does not mean more than that. It does not mean less than that. Calling Jesus an angel is not calling him a created being, but a messenger. And calling him the archangel is calling him the greatest messenger. Indeed. Arch means chief or greatest And so my question is, is while you're accusing me of blasphemy of calling Michael the archangel, um, Jesus Christ, I'm going to say in return, don't take this hard, I'm going to say it nicely, maybe. No, you get the point. We're having a good friendly discussion here on the radio this morning. But I'm going to say, who is committing the greatest blasphemy? Someone who claims that Michael is Jesus Christ or somebody who claims that there, that, that this angel that an angel from heaven, a created being, could be a greater messenger than Jesus Christ. 
Is it possible to have anyone who's a greater messenger than Jesus Christ? No. No, absolutely not, because he is God. You can't have a greater messenger than God. And the word ark, which precedes angel or messenger, is simply greatest. Yeah. That's what it is. Okay, Jacob was redeemed by an angel. He wrestled with the angel all night, and he stated that uh, he stated that you know he had um, he, he used the word angel and God interchangeably, and and states that you know he had been wrestling with the with God all night, and you know it's only God who ever changes someone's name in a holy context, and it was God who changed Jacob's name that night from Jacob to Israel, and then of course. Jacob says in Genesis 48 and verse 15, verse 16, sorry, God before, my, um, God before whom my fathers Abraham and Isaac did walk, the God which fed me all my life long unto this day, the angel which redeemed me. There's only one redeemer. His name is Jesus Christ. And so throughout the Bible, Jesus is repeatedly referred to as an angel. Point number three. The angel in the burning bush, the Bible says the angel of the Lord appeared to Moses in the burning bush, and the angel of the Lord called himself the great I am, the self-existent one who has never had a beginning. And so God is referred to as an angel. Why? Because he is a messenger. Uh, Point number four, we find that it is Michael the archangel. When he disputes with the body of Moses, says the Lord rebuke you. This is a phrase that is only used in the Bible by God. And you'll find that in Zechariah chapter 3, verse 1 to 2. Then in the book of Daniel, Michael is referred to three times, and each time he is the prince. Michael, your prince. Well, of course, if you go to Daniel chapter 9 and verse 25, the Bible says, Know therefore and understand that from the going forth of the commandment to restore and to build Jerusalem unto Messiah, your prince. So Jesus, Messiah, is the prince and is the same as Michael the Archangel. Okay, and then of course we have the voice of the Archangel. You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. Okay, so we're going to come to. So, so you going to say something about? I, uh, yeah, I've got a question. Yes. Um, that I've come up with because sometimes things process and it takes yes. a while for me to come up with this question. I've just thought of a question. So you're talking about the archangel angel Michael. That's right. But from memory, he's not the only angel that has been referenced as an archangel. Oh, true. They, we also had an Gabriel. archangel Gabriel that came to Mary and Raphael and Raphael. So these and, angels and uh, there's another one. Let me just pull up the name of this other one real quick because it has slipped my mind right now. So I guess my question for these ones is: if we have, uh, 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 would these still be called archangels as the great <coughs> chiefs or, or chief messengers as well? Are they on the same level as Jesus? When it says that they are also <coughs> archangels. Excuse me. Okay, so you've got Michael, you've got Gabriel, you've got Raphael, and there's another one. I'm just missing it here somewhere. Not listing off the uh, Ninja Turtles, are you? No, I'm not <laughs> listing off the Ninja Turtles, but I'm mis- lifting up, listing off the uh, archangels. Okay, so yeah, it looks like three of them are Gabriel, Michael, and Raphael. Okay, so yeah, the Catholic Church does uh, give official recognition in names that are given in some apocryphal sources, such as Raguel, uh, Saraquiel, Remiel, um, Uriel, etc., are supposedly all archangels. 
Okay. You are correct. These are all called archangels. Yeah. But not in the Bible. Right. So in the Bible, you only have one. I see. And that is Michael. I see. Yeah, that's why I had to pull those up because I'm not so familiar with the uh, non-biblical traditions. Um, yeah, anyway. First Thessalonians 4 verse 16, the Bible says, It is the voice of Archangel that it is uh, Michael the Archangel who called the dead to life. Gabriel is mentioned in the Bible. Yeah. Gabriel is not called an Archangel. Okay, I see. Yes. Uh, the other, Raphael, of course, is not even mentioned in the Bible. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> And those other ones I listed off, you know, Uriel and so forth. No, not even there. Okay, so First Thessalonians four sixteen, Michael is the one who calls the dead to life. Uh, John chapter five verse twenty eight and twenty nine. Jesus is the one who calls the dead to life. Therefore, Michael and Jesus are the same person. And of course, finally, you find that it is uh, Jesus who meets with Joshua. Um, before the destruction of Jericho as commander of the Lord's army and in Revelation 12, verse 17. The Bible is crystal clear that it is Jesus who is the commander of the Lord's army. So when you look at all of these lines of evidence, everything that there is in the Bible in relationship to Michael points to him being Jesus Christ. Right. Every verse that references Michael is a reference showing that he is Jesus Christ. I see. Okay, so that's why we go down. That is that is not to say, we need to emphasize this, that Jesus is in any way a created being or that he at any point had a beginning, you know, separate from the Father, that kind of stuff. Jesus has always existed separate from the Father as an individual um, person of the Godhead. Yeah. Father, so, Son, and Holy Spirit. I guess it. For me, I like to process things and try and turn things into an easier way to understand them. So for me, an easier way to understand that would be that Jesus, or Michael, is the archangel, the verb, whereas the other angels, uh, they are also angels, the verb, but more importantly, angels in the noun sense as well. Yeah, yeah, we, that's, that, that's, that's probably a, a valid way of looking at it. Yeah, definitely. Okay, so we have here, and this, and this is interesting, because what does Michael actually do? What is his action? What's the verb here in chapter 12 and verse 1? So if we go to chapter 12, Daniel chapter 12 and verse 1, we're going to look for what is Michael doing? He does something very, very simple, but it actually has tremendous significance. So, right. yep, read it for us. At the at that time, Michael, the archangel, who stands guard over your nation, will arise. Ah, I forgot you had the new lame translation. Let me read it from the KJV. <laughs> All right. At that time, shall Michael stand up? Right. It's very, very clear and very, very definite right there that Michael actually performs an action. Right, yeah. He stands up. This is significant, and the reason that this is significant is because it signifies an event that is taking place. Because when you read the Bible about when Jesus goes back to heaven, yep. every verse that talks about Jesus going back to heaven references Jesus sitting down. So I'll give you an example. Let's go to Hebrews, Hebrews chapter 8. And why don't you read for us Hebrews chapter 8 and verse 1. Hebrews 8, verse 1. Alrighty, Hebrews... Chapter 8, and 
Pardon me. Chapter so eight just and flicking pages here and or scrolling as the case may be. We must... he's, given, he's given up on his uh, NLT by the looks of it. Um, that's okay. Uh, yep, chapter Hebrews eight, verse one. Eight. Here we go. Eight, okay, Hebrews eight, verse one. Here is the main point. We have a high priest who sat down in the place of honour beside the throne of the majestic God in heaven. Okay, so when Jesus went back to heaven, what does the Bible say he did? He sat down. He sat down. Um, I'm looking at Mark 16, verse 19. So then, after the Lord had spoken to them, he was received up into heaven and sat on the right hand of God. So we've got all of these references. Jesus goes into heaven and sits down. Now, does that mean that Jesus sits down for 2,000 years? I don't think so. No. But it is what the Bible is indicating. It's talking about what, what God's role is, what Jesus' role is, and what he's doing during this particular time period. So you have these times when Jesus sits down. You have times when Jesus stands up, and they signify two different things. When he sits on the right hand of the Father, that means that he has begun his work of intercession. Yeah which is going to relate particularly to our question of the day in relationship to when did the atonement happen. Right. Um, that's coming up. That's just a little bit of a tidbit for what's coming up. Bit of um, a teaser. Bit of a teaser right there. Okay, so um, we've got him sitting here on the, on the right hand of the Father. Now, let's go to Acts chapter 7 because here we find that Stephen sees something very different from what we have just been reading, Acts chapter 7. And let's see, let's go to verse 56. These are Stephen's words. There we go. 56 of Acts chapter 7 says, And then he told them, Look, I see the heavens opened and the Son of Man standing in the place of honor at God's right hand. Okay. What's Jesus doing here? Standing. He's standing. And so you have to sort of ask yourself the question, all right, what's going on? Okay, so here's what you've got. Um, and if you've got questions over this, and you might have questions over this, because I'm going to summarize a lot of material very, very quickly. In Daniel chapter 9, you have a prophecy called the 70-week prophecy. And basically the Bible says 70 weeks are cut off for the Jewish people. That prophecy comes to an end at the stoning to death of Stephen. They stoned him to death. They threw rocks at him until he died. Right, yeah. Okay. So that's when that prophecy comes to an end. Now, this is, this is a probationary time. You know, whenever somebody's given a specific amount of time for some particular event, it's called the probationary time. Yes. And when probation closes, that means that the time is up. Yes. So this is a probationary time for God's people. The Bible says they were to make an end of sins. Um, they were to, you know, basically get their act together with God during this probationary time. This is the time where God has, says, has said, you are going to be my church. The Jewish people is my church. Yes. Now, that time was going to come to an end. So the probationary time was going to come to an end. And God's church was going to, be, going to cease to be just the Jewish nation, and it was going to become, become inclusive of the whole world. I see. And so probation would close on the Jewish people as God's church, not as, you know, saved or lost, but as God's church. Yeah. We understand. So here's what you've got. When Jesus stands up, probation closes. Yeah. When you go to Daniel chapter 12, 
You've come right down to the end time event. You've come down to just before the second coming of Jesus. And when Jesus stands up, probation on the world closes. The Bible describes it in Revelation. Let's flick over to Revelation very quickly. I know where Revelation chapter 22. And here in Revelation chapter 22, the Bible is going to describe you know, what happens at this particular point because salvation has, uh, has, has come to an end. Uh, let me just find the passage I am looking for here. Why is it escaping me? Uh, da, 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 da. Verse 11. Verse 11. Revelation chapter 22, verse 11. Um, it says something that we will get to in a little while because I think we're about to finish this yep. segment. We're about to have a song. Um but yeah, so we'll get back to that one in a little while. Coming up now, though, for our next song, we have Eric and Monique with It's Time. It's time for revolution, it's time for change It's time for new perspective from the mundane it's time to live like it's my last day It's time for restoration, it's time to pray It's time to follow all that Jesus says It's time to live like it's my last day
live my life about him in his truth then tell the world tell the world that Jesus is coming again I live my life about him in his truth then tell the Welcome back to The Breakfast Show on Faith FM. You're with the Double L team, as we've already established, Lyle and Liam. Now, we uh, we were in Revelation, just about to read Revelation chapter 22, verse 11. So I will continue on from there. Revelation chapter 22, verse 11 says, Let the one who is doing harm continue to do harm, let the one who is vile continue to be vile. Let the one who is righteous continue to live righteously. Let the one who is holy continue to be holy. Yeah, in other words, probation is closed. The opportunity for salvation is over, is done. Jesus is on his way back to this earth. And, you know, it, it's, it's all over for this world. Uh, God does not do this arbitrarily, of course. God waits until everybody has made their final decision. And part of that is the crisis that takes place before this, which we've seen described in the uh, later verses of Daniel chapter 11. However, when you go through the passage, you're going to find that there is a time of trouble that comes after this as well and before Jesus comes back. Um, a time of trouble, the Bible says, such as the world has never seen before. And so when Jesus stands up, you know, probation has closed on the entire planet. The opportunity for salvation is past. There's got to be a cutoff point somewhere. And this is where the cutoff point comes in. Yep. Okay, so in Daniel chapter 12 and verse 1, we have probation is closed. There is a cutoff point has been made. Jesus is coming back soon. He's on the, in, the, in the process thereof. And let's read Daniel 12 and verse 1 once again because there are some other key thoughts that we need to draw out of this passage. Okay. At that time, Michael, the archangel who stands guard over your nation, will arise. Then there will be a time of anguish greater than any since nations first came into existence. But at that time, every one of your people whose name is written in the book will be rescued. I like that promise right there. The Bible says, everyone whose name is written in the book. And of course, here the Bible is talking about the book of life. And I don't know what those books rec look like, but they are records. Yeah. A book does not mean what we think. Because when we think a book, we think of a book with pages. Yeah. That's how we use the word today. That does not mean that because a book in those days was a scroll. Yeah. And all of the all of the, the Bible is indicating here is that a record, there is a record, a record of those who are saved. And, of course, when God looks at the records and he finds somebody in those records whose sins have been covered by the blood of Jesus Christ, when he looks at the record of their life, the only thing that he's going to find written there are the righteous things that Jesus did through him. You're not going to find any sins whatsoever at all. And so it's like, well, if your name is in this book, it's because there's no sin. The sin has all been taken away, and this person is somebody who is saved and who is going to be delivered. But the Bible does speak about a time of trouble such as never was. 
Now, this is one of those kind of situations where I think that, you know, we completely underestimate what is coming upon our world. A little bit like... uh, a little bit like you, Liam, you know, you sort of cruise along through life as a 20-year-old and life is cruising happy and nothing's much going to change. And then over the weekend, you suddenly realize, you know what? Our life is going to change dramatically over the next few weeks. <laughs> just yeah. all of a sudden. Yeah. Bang, everything is being shut down. It, it just hits you. And it does. You're going to make sure that you stay on top of everything. More, most importantly, your mental health. Yes. Um, and f- doing sort of whatever you can to make sure that Whatever that means, whether that's praying or or talking to other people and and, and connecting with God with other people, um, for me that's how I connect with God. I, I connect with God with other people. That's that's how I personally find it. Everyone's different in their journey with God, um, but yeah, making sure that you stay on top of your your mental health during, especially in a crisis like this, is very important. Yeah, that's for sure. Okay, so we've got this uh, this 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 time of trouble here, and you sort of you, you know, time of troubles are always one of those things when they're in the future, like yeah, 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 whatever, and suddenly bang, it hits. Yeah, and the Bible says this will be like a time of trouble greater than has ever our world has ever experienced before. So, what are some of the big ones that you think that ha- the world has happened in the past? Uh, the world wars. Okay, they so be greater than the world wars, right? Uh. Going back to medieval times, there was a lot of stuff that went on then. Yes. Um, I think the only thing we can sort of think about these days is plague. You know, Spanish yeah. flu, black yeah. death. Influenza. Um, back, way back, I'm sure in Jesus' time, things like leprosy, when a lot of things that nowadays aren't too dramatic because we've got what about? medical advances. But what about, what about the flood? That's, that would certainly have That's been- off the charts, isn't it? That was, yeah. Bible says a time of trouble greater than anything that world has ever seen before. So this is going to be something that is seriously off the charts. And if you look at the world today, you know, and everybody's running around and they're panic buying this and panic buying that and being absolute idiots. Yeah. If you're a panic buyer, you're an idiot. Yeah. If you buy one or two extras, that makes sense. Our Prime Minister Scott Morrison said last week, and I don't mean to bring up politics but he had, during he had our his, segment. had his but dad moment and said, he, stop it. He said, stop it. And he also emphasised that Australia's food food storage stuff, we've, we've got no issue with that. Yeah. The issue is when people panic and, and go out and, and buy everything. That's right. And and then, of course, you know, you're going to have the opposite effect in a few weeks' time when everybody's like, oh, I've got all of this food. What am I going to do with all of this food? And if it's perishable, of course, it's going to get chucked out and they're going to spend buckets of money, you know, buying fridges and freezers and all that kind of stuff so they can store it. And then what's going to happen after that? You know, there's going to be a glut of secondhand stuff on the market. It's just the most ridiculous thing ever I have seen in this country. Yeah. And the Bible talks about a time of trouble such as never was. You know, this is just like a super mild, like, you know, I don't know. You can't even really compare it to what is coming on our world. And so some people like to be prepared and stocked up for this particular time of trouble. I think it's the Mormons. I'll have to double check on that, but I'm pretty sure it's the Mormons who keep 12 months worth of food in their house at all times for the time of trouble spoken about in Daniel chapter 12. They're kind of laughing right now, aren't they? Um <laughs> Like, why is everybody panic buying? We've already got our supplies. The reality is the time of trouble that is spoken of in Daniel 12 is so big and so significant, there is no point in stocking up for it because if you do stock up for it, everything you stock up will be just destroyed anyway. Yeah. 
and you're just wasting your money. You may as well put your money somewhere else where it's actually going to be useful yeah. rather than stocking up for it. The Bible says there is only one place that you can hide, only one place that you can find refuge during this time of trouble such as never was. And if you want to know the answer to that, then your homework for today, and yes, you do get homework if you listen to The Breakfast Show on Faith FM, your homework for today is to um, read Psalms 91. Because Psalms 91 is a psalm that is written, written specifically for and about this time of trouble right here. And I've met people like, yeah, I'm going to go and hide in a cave, or I'm going to go hide, hide here, there, wherever. The only place that you're going to find that is safe to hide during the time of trouble at the end of time, and I'm not saying that you know living in the country is not a good idea. Of course it's a good idea. It's a great idea. Um, but the only place that you're going to find a refuge during this particular time period is um, under the shadow of the Almighty. Yeah. Psalms 91 verse 1. He that abides, he that lives under the shadow of the Almighty. That's what the Bible speaks about. And that is where you find safety. And that's why the Bible says everyone who's delivered whose name is written in the book. If your name is in the Lamb's book of life, You're all then good. you have nothing to fear. You can go into this with confidence. You, you can do not look have forward to, to the return. You can look forward to the return of Jesus Christ because it is going to be just around the corner when you see these events taking place right here. Indeed. In fact, the Bible continues on in the next verse to talk about the second coming of Jesus, and that is tomorrow's Bible study. This is Casting Crowns with Tis So Sweet to Trust in Jesus. so sweet to trust in Jesus just to take him at his word just to rest upon his promise just to know thus saith the Lord Jesus Jesus how trust him how I proved you more and more Jesus Jesus precious Jesus oh for grace to trust him so glad I learned to trust him precious Jesus Savior friend and I know that he is with me will be with me to the end Jesus Jesus how trust him how I proved him more and more Jesus Jesus precious Jesus oh for grace to trust him more 
Jesus, Jesus, how I trust Him, how I proved Him more and more. Jesus, Jesus, precious Jesus, oh, for grace to trust Him. Are you looking for a way to turn your life experience into an enriching gift for helping those around you? A counselling degree at Avondale College of Higher Education could provide you a great foundation to assist others through life's difficulties. Study in a personalised environment alongside a fantastic support network and community on our Lake Macquarie campus. Apply to study counselling today at counselling.avondale.edu.au. It's higher education designed for life. You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. At Hamilton Adventist Church in Newcastle, we have a food pantry service for the community. Everyone is welcome to join us for a free dinner. Enjoy good company and have a great time. All you need is $10 to buy a numbered ticket and you can collect a trolley's load of food ranging from fruits, veggies, tin food, pasta bread and toiletries. Every Thursday, the food pantry starts at 4.45pm with a 5pm start for dinner. Find us at Hamilton Adventist Church at 105 Lindsay Street, Hamilton, every Thursday evening. All will be welcomed with love and a smile. We really hope to see you there.
Welcome back, guys. That was Greg O'Pillay with Not My Home. You're listening to The Breakfast Show. We have another clue for our quiz, second quiz of the day. Nobody's got this one yet. Bit of a more, bit more of an excuse, obscure one. All right, here we go. Clue number three. Jesus told Peter that he would find money to pay their taxes in one of these. What creature is this? Okay, how do you find money inside of a creature? That's an interesting question. Anyway, if you know the answer, the number to call is 1-800-324-843 or text us on 0491-064-669. Okay, our question of the day is a most interesting one. And this one comes from Andrew. It says, when do you believe atonement occurs? Right. Or is complete. I have been thinking, you know, when probation closes. Now, this is a, an interesting question to ponder because we've been talking about the close of probation here uh, on the breakfast show, and uh, there's a lot of discussion about the atonement. So, to begin with, let's talk about the word atonement. It means at one meant right. atonement. Yeah, it's a composite word. It was invented for the purpose of being able to translate the Bible because there was no English equivalent to that particular word. So at one meant. When are we made at one with God? Now, there are those who would argue very, very vigorously that that was completed at the cross. Um, Andrew's wondering whether it takes place at the close of probation. When does it actually take place? Well, I want to point out the obvious this morning. First of all, there are a number of things obvious. The first thing that is obvious is that when Jesus died on the cross, he says, it is finished. And a lot of people get very, very emotional at that particular point, and they say, well, then Jesus was saying the atonement was finished. That's not what Jesus said. Jesus did not say the atonement was finished at the cross. He said, it is finished. And so we then ask ourselves the question, when Jesus died and he said, it is finished, what did that actually mean? Because he did not define what it meant. Well, we do know one thing at least that it meant, and that was that his life was finished on here on this earth. The sacrifice of Jesus was complete. But I've got a question for you, Liam, and a question for all of our listeners. Yeah. Does Jesus no longer work on our behalf? Absolutely not. He can, well, sorry. Yeah, he, yeah, I kind of worded that the wrong way, didn't I? Yes, he does. He yes. continues to work. He has never stopped continuing no. to work. He has never stopped making us one with him. So at one atonement uh, refers to everything that Jesus does on our behalf. To say that the atonement finished at the cross is a very, very narrow view yeah. of what the atonement is, very, very limiting to the power of God and to the atonement itself. The yeah. atonement comes encompasses so much more than that. The Bible says, as we read earlier, that Jesus ascended into heaven. He sat down on the right hand of the Father in heaven. And there, if you keep reading those verses in in Hebrews chapter 8, he intercedes for us. So he continues to work for us. And Jesus will continue to work for us to make us one with him until we are literally one with him, face to face with him in heaven. And that's the whole purpose of what the atonement is all about. And so while ever, you know, certainly the sacrificial part of the atonement was complete at the cross, but the intercessory part wasn't complete because still Jesus, Jesus still intercedes. And so there are so there is so many more aspects to the atonement and how it continues until we are literally at one face to face with Jesus Christ. Yeah. 
Bible says in relationship to Jesus, he says, I will never leave you and I will never forsake you. Now, we could go into a discussion on intercession, which would be another interesting discussion, but uh, we don't have time to dig into that one today. And so we're going to move on with the show right now, and this is Anna Beaton with A Beating Heart. To Faith FM, you're listening to The Breakfast Show. We have come to the end of our program this morning. We have indeed, which means that we are going to be giving something away for free. My microphone wasn't on there, but I'm back right now. I turned mine on, but I forgot yours. Apologies. (laughs) That's all good. We are here. That's all that matters. Liam, what have we got for our giveaway today? For our free giveaway this morning, 
Our first caller that calls in will we will be receiving a pale horse's ride by Sean Boonstra. Sean Boonstra, one of my favourite authors and favourite speakers. You can find a lot of his material on YouTube if you go looking there, particularly during the lockdown period. If you're looking for some great YouTubes to watch, uh, just type in Sean Boonstra and you'll get some excellent material there. But yes, he's uh, that's our giveaway for today. Don't forget that we like to encourage people to read the Bible. And of course, during the Corona lockdown, you have a great opportunity to read the Bible. Um, you could do my Bible study course, which is called The Prophetic Code. Um, you can do that through the Adventist Discovery Center. And they've got about 18 different courses you can do there. So I would get in contact with them. You get a certificate for each one of those courses that you complete. And uh, just a great way of drawing closer to Jesus. Don't forget to talk faith, live faith, and act faith. You will grow strong in Jesus Christ. God be with you till we meet again.
You're listening to Faith FM. Don't worry about everything around you, everything around you. And don't freak out if you don't feel me beside you. Just look up, I'm reminding you to sing a new song and let the rain clouds cry their tears of joy and dance all around you. Though a thousand may fall and dead may surround you, I have brought you here. The Tears of joy and dance all around you. Though a thousand may fall. 